Welcome to Starlight Radio Dreams, the comedy show with a podcasting habit, brought to you by our backers on Patreon. This episode is the full live-streamed show from February, titled Pandiversary. This episode features the talents of Ansel Birch, Jared McDerris, Kat Evans, Kim Fukawa, and Julia Kessler. The Starlight Radio Dreams theme was written and recorded by Arnie Parrott. Sound design and editing by Ansel Birch and Jared McDerris. Now, without further ado, on with the show! Have I got Mr. Opulence on the line? Please, call me Fox. Fox Opulence. I could have sworn that was the date night setting on my smart lamps. Turns out it's our new colleague and announcer for Starlight Radio Dreams. Did you just announce me? Don't get used to it. You'll have to pull your own weight around here. I don't know if you're aware of your predecessor, Owen Mankiewicz. You have some very big vocal shoes to fill. Have no fear. I'm a self-made man, and my vocal feet are as sizable as my unearned self-confidence. They are fully prepared to march, sprint, and tap dance on command. Excellent. Welcome to the show. Just in time for our pandiversary. Never heard of that. What's a traditional gift for a pandiversary? Bamboo, of course. Of course. But what exactly is a pandiversary? The pandemic has now been one year. Thus, it's been a year since our last live show in front of people. Ah, <sighs> good, good times. times. You're clearly a daring show, willing to take risks, as you hired me, sight unseen. That tells me you've taken chances, thought outside the box, revolutionized a paradigm or two. On the other hand, you hired me, Fox Opulence, which suggests you have excellent taste and high-quality programming that offers a robust return on investment. A strong identity is vital, not least of all because I've never actually listened to your show. What's your elevator pitch? It's a comedy show about podcasting. Let's see. Since last year at this time, we've done five different series pilots and about 60 comedy shorts on different topics from astrology to zootheosis. I don't know that last one. Well, you better start your new vocabulary books. Pandiversary, zootheosis, Vocal shoes. Will these help me get ready for my GRE? Oh, are you thinking about grad school? Oh, God, no. Grad school is for out-of-work actors and 30-year-olds who lack a properly diverse portfolio. And I kept my distance from them long before the quarantine. No, I simply enjoy properly recorded evidence of my own accomplishments. Excellent, because you're live. Knock em dead, Fox. And now, streaming live from Chicago, Illinois, it's the comedy show with a podcasting habit, Starlight Radio Dreams! Tonight's episode is Season 5, Episode 4, Pandiversary, featuring disgusting jobs with Mitch McCrow, Sleigh Bells, Episode 2, Crows and Office Cronies, Meet the Frankensteins, and... The Spoopening. Now, here is your host, a man who waxes poetic almost as much as he waxes his mustache, Burlington Showtime! <laughs> 
Welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. I am so pleased to have you with me once again. Now, you may have noticed that I am no longer in my study. Instead, I had someone come in and paint the walls green, and so now we can be wherever we want. Our imagination is truly the only limitation, and... I would be happy to tell you all that this is now the window of opportunity that my wife was talking about last month. So very exciting, very exciting things all around. And I want to thank you all for being here for our Pandiversary show. Very exciting show, celebrating a year since our last live performance in front of human beings who were actually in the room. Now we do everything this way, and it's opened up a lot of doors. So. It's hardly a bad thing that we are, we are celebrating one full year since our last live show. But we don't want to talk about the pandemic or the way that it has changed our lives or the lockdowns or the quarantines. No, 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 no. So instead, we thought we would do what all Midwesterners do when topics get uncomfortable. We're going to talk about the weather. You see... I think I've figured out the problem with the news. Not the recent headlines, mind you. There's no explaining that, and I'm not about to try. I'm talking about the thing that we've all agreed upon, where a group of two to five adults sit along one side of a table and try to pretend that it's because they're just well-informed friends. First off, the fake laughter isn't fooling anyone, Matt. Secondly, those hard-working journalists are, for the most part, working hard to keep you alerted to local issues as they see them. Sure, they have to devote 50% of the broadcast to fear-mongering and advertisements veiled so thinly as to leave nothing to the imagination, but the rest of that time is valuable, community-conscious reporting. Someone needs to make sure that we know which roads are being worked on, how long the Cubs will be out of town, and if the coin shortage is still going on. Is it? Regardless. The problem is that all of those stories, all of those hard-hitting journalistic pieces are being undermined by an insidious presence right there in the same studio, the meteorologist. This person does not belong there. They aren't reporting news or facts or products that could save you from asparagus lice. They're guessing. Sure, we need meteorologists for the big stuff. If there might be a hurricane coming, I'd rather overreact. But if you're just going to tell me that it might rain... I'm still going to look for myself. What is the point of spending five minutes on fun statistics about whether or not the temperature is seasonal? How long do we have to wait for meteorological models that actually predict anything with accuracy? It's been my entire life, I'll tell you. Now, I've been alive for a long time, as I just said. Growing up in Michigan, we had the Farmer's Almanac, and it was more on the money than Susan Tsunami and Sharknado Jones have ever been. And it took no time out of our day, and the newsreels got to focus on propaganda and advertising all the same. Tell you what, this is the theme for the night, so just to prove that I can do anything Willard Scott can, send me a weather picture or something having a birthday. While you search your camera roll, though, it's time for our first piece of the evening. That's right, it's a very exciting one. I think you will all enjoy it. It comes to us straight from another propaganda department, and it's entitled... Disgusting Jobs with Mitch McCrow. Hey folks, I'm Mitch McCrow, and this week we're going back down into the sewers. This is Disgusting Jobs. Hey gang, I'm here with Chris Noble, President and CEO 
of noble cause sewage and plumbing. And no, there's no need to adjust your unit. Chris is indeed down in the sewers with the rest of us. Well, you know, it's it's good, honest work. Doesn't require a fancy degree. Words out of my mouth, Chris. Let's meet your crew here. This here's Jamie Tamsin, hell of a bowler, hell of a crew captain. Thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, Chris. Hey, nice to meet you. Now, Chris was telling me that just one year ago, you were unemployed and about to lose your home. And now here you are, a crew captain with a regular paycheck. Yes, sir. That is correct, sir. The liberating power of labor really goes to show you the past truly is prologue. Uh-huh. And this must be Alex, right? Yep, Alex here's our number one clog fixer. If there's an obstruction, Alex can get it cleared out. I don't know, boss. I think the new guy might be putting me out of a job soon. New guy. <laughs> I think I finished this drainage pipe, Mr. Tamsin. Oh, who's this? Well, this is Sam, I think. Thought he had the day off today. Well, he, uh, he really wanted to meet Mitch. And he's the only one who can fit into these drainage pipes. <laughs> Good news. I do believe I've cleared out the lost wart of calcified condoms, Mr. Tamsin. Great work, Sam. Great work. Oh, hello there. My name is Samuel Spruce, the little wooden boy. But my friends call me Sam. I know Sam. Oh, Mr. Noble, forgive me, sir. I did not quite recognize you without a suit and tie. I've not seen you in a fortnight, Mr. Noble. Whatever are you doing here? We're being recorded, Sam. Oh, my word. Is that Mr. Mitch McCrow? Honest and truly? That's right, young man. You're on disgusting jobs. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I've watched your show every day as I walk by the televisual displays on my way home to the overpass. That's great to hear. And it's great to see your can-do attitude in action. Oh, absolutely, sir. As you always say, true heroes are never complaining, always working. Sounds like you have a very positive outlook, young man. Such an outlook is easily maintained, Mr. McCrow, with such inspiration as yourself. Only last weekend, I took the trouble to hunt down your mansion, and as I peered up at your estate through the grilled gateway, I thought to myself, someday that shall be you, Samuel. Someday you shall be a real boy instead of a puppet, with a real home instead of a pair of cardboard boxes pinned together with knotted twine. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a mansion, son. Truly? I thought that was you in the front garden. No wonder they didn't respond when I called out your name. Anyway, uh... Chris, let's talk more about the opportunities you've provided for these workers. Oh, Mr. Noble is as kind and generous as his name suggests, Mr. McCrow, I assure you. Why, before I began laboring for Mr. Noble, I was sleeping under a dumpster, exposed to dangerous levels of moisture. And Chris handed you a way out, huh? Oh, absolutely. Now I live in a properly four-cornered refrigerator box, combined with the discarded television box as a bedroom. And it's all thanks to Mr. Noble and his $2.50 a day. Ha <laughs> he's a funny little guy. I pay my workers a legal wage. Barely. Huh? Nothing, sir. Chris. Uh, let's talk about the job. Yeah! You guys been clearing out obstructions? Quite so, Mr. Noble. And worry not, we've left the grouting neglected in order to perpetuate a cyclical market just as you instructed. Jamie, why don't you walk us through what you're doing here? What we're doing here? Uh, yes, yeah, so, um, 
So we're under a cheap hotel right now, so we get a lot of garbage in the area. But Mr. Tamsin, didn't you say it was the car factory three blocks south of here that was responsible for most of the obstructions? No. No, I did not say that. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Perhaps the fumes are getting to me after all. Yeah, that must be why you're saying all these things that don't make any sense. Yeah, where, uh, where's your biohazard suit, Sam? Oh, I'm afraid Mr. Noble hadn't any biohazard suits in my size, and he simply hadn't the budget to provide one. Uh... Luckily, I am but a little wooden boy with no lungs nor respiratory system to speak of, and we soon discovered that the miasma of poisonous gases that sometimes nestle in our municipal sewage system had no ill effect upon me. Another great cost-saving method employed by our private industries. And yes, there are a lot of dangerous liquids down here that might swell or warp the lumber of my body, but a generous supply of paper towels has thus far proven to keep me as dry as could be reasonably expected. There's the ingenuity that makes our country great. Of course, the supply of paper towels required is quite generous indeed, and I fear I've been spending all of my paychecks keeping myself from absorbing noxious sewage into my body. But I'm confident in another year or so I shall receive a raise, and might then begin saving for a home. Free enterprise. Yeah, uh, Mr. Noble, don't you think the company should pay for those paper towels? They can't cost that much, right? Well, uh, we can't start making special exceptions. But he ain't got a biohazard suit. That's a special exception, ain't it? Well, let's not lose sight of the fact that we're here to show the American people the nobility of your job. Well, no offense, Mr. McCrow, but I ain't feeling that noble right now. I'm 34 years old, and I still can't afford a down payment on a house. Now, this kid comes along, and he's the only one that can fit into these pipes, and you won't spend two bucks a week on paper towels for him? I mean, I didn't know. Thank you kindly for speaking on my behalf, Alex, but I assure you it's no trouble at all. Mr. McCrow has taught me that whether you be the owner of a pig farm, the owner of a tenement, or the owner of a plumbing installation company, everyone will find success if they simply roll up their sleeves and do the work nobody else will. I couldn't agree more. Things won are done. Joy's soul lies in the doing. I, for one, am grateful. If it weren't for entrepreneurial job creators like Chris here, we'd all be unemployed. Yes, that is true. But, Mr. Tamsin... Didn't you say the only reason you were unemployed was because Mr. Noble purchased the squeaky clean sewage company and closed them down in order to monopolize the market? No. No, I did not. I must say I found that terribly confusing. After all, if the work was already being done, why should anyone stop that company from doing the work that needed to be done, only to replace them with yourself? But I suppose it must be the sewer fumes bemusing me again. You can edit all this, right? Yeah. Cool. Sam, why don't you take the rest of the day off? A half day off? Truly, Mr. Noble. Yeah, a half day. Just uh, give your cleaning tools to Jamie there and head on home. Oh, thank you ever so much, Mr. Noble. I shall await my $2.50 outside your offices. No, no, you can... We'll just... we'll send it to you. How truly modern. Shall I tell you the location of the underpass where my home is? No, we... 
We got it on file. Amazing. Will you be joining us again tomorrow, Mr. Noble? Uh... No. Then, Alex, Mr. Tamsin, I shall see you tomorrow. I am uncomfortable right now. Bye, Sam. It was great working with... Uh... See you tomorrow. With bells on. It was truly an honor to meet you, Mr. McCrow. Uh-huh. Should I take away this last ward of calcified condoms, Mr. Noble? Yep. Sure. Yep. Consider it done. And thank you again for this opportunity, sir, as I carry this seething mass of rotting organic fluid to the incinerator. With every step, I shall think, I owe this moment to Mr. Noble. Farewell, friends. You guys know that kid's made of wood, right? Okay, I'm going to do the sign-off. <clears throat> if we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended. Labor is its own reward. Success for those who can afford. Live beneath your means of pay. Save dinner for another day. If you want security, just start a business. It's that easy. Your objections, right or wrong, just don't matter. Not as long as noble souls possess the power to hire and fire, to buy your hours. Just keep working till you die, and they replace you. The circle of life. Jesus, what a dick. Huh? Nothing, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, I think we could all do to learn something from Sam Spruce, or at least the people nearby him who seem to have a clue. What a delightful piece. I'm so excited to be having that uh, joining our roster on the regular, as the kids say. Now, for all of you who are joining us for the first time, I hope that you are enjoying yourselves. We are so pleased to have you. For those of you coming back, yes, that was a fun little trick we played at the beginning. Ha 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 ha. Yes, it was a Sam Spruce episode all along. Ha 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 ha. Now, all that being said, clearly we're talking about the weather still, but I'd prefer not to talk about the weather anymore, so I'd like to talk about whether or not you believe in the supernatural. Tonight's lineup is as chock full of spooks and monsters as any Halloween special we've ever run, so let us know in the chat what you think about the supernatural and whether or not you think it would be interesting to live forever beyond the veil of death. In the meantime, let's enjoy Sleigh Bells Episode 2! Picture, if you will, a three-bedroom house in a charming neighborhood. Clearly, the occupants appreciate privacy as there is a tall, pristine white picket fence and well-pruned landscaping all around. Good southern plants, Carolina Rose, Carolina Jessamine, and American Beautyberry. What they currently conceal from any passerby or neighbor is Ethel, the most versatile warrior of the Sleigh Bells trio, doing morning target practice in the backyard. Having finished with archery, she has moved on to daggers. Well, hmm, okay, not bad. It's a lot more fun when the target is alive. Not bad, Ethel, but not perfect either. Let's see. Fifteen bullseyes out of thirty. And out of the other fifteen, there's about a four centimeter variance. Ah! Ow! My leg! What the? Okay, there's a crow sticking out of my thigh like a dart. Ah! Another one. Oh no, you don't! Lance, ah! ah! that beak is sharper than a barbershop scissor. 
Good morning, Ethel. Say, is that a crow sticking out of your leg? Yeah, dive bomb me out of nowhere. Oh, my lands, me too. I fought it off, but why don't we head inside? Ruby should pull that thing out properly. And let crow shit on my targets. Also, I think she's got eggs and bacon just about done. All right, but I'm firing off a warning shot with this last dagger. Huh. Ah! Let's get some breakfast. Morning! Morning, sleigh bells. Bacon coming up. Hang on. Edith, are you bleeding? Just my forearm. You need antiseptic and a bandage. Never mind me, Ruby. Your medical expertise is more needed for the crow sticking out of Ethel's leg. My lands! Come over here, Ethel. And just what happened to your arm, Edith? Crow talons. What on earth? Hold still now, Ethel. <clears throat> Ow. Stitching you up now. Was your bubble bath last night carrying flesh-scented? Ha <laughs> ha, no. But it was pineapple. Mine was kiwi strawberry. Maybe the crows really wanted some fruit. Sweaty fruit. Didn't you do seven miles this morning, Edith? Salty sweet is indeed a delicious combo. That's why there are also flapjacks. Oh, you are the best, Ruby! There, you are all patched up, Ethel. Shall we get some breakfast? God bless your culinary prowess, Ruby. Agreed. These are delicious. I'm happier than a deer on the last day of hunting season. I'm happier than a bear about to hibernate. Well, sip your coffee because nobody's going back to bed. There's a dimensional portal open somewhere in this city, letting demons, goblins, and zombies cross its threshold, and we need to find it. And then we're going into the office to demand overtime and hazard pay. We are supposed to be on leave. Good news is, before I went on my jog, I set my scanners to check the city for portal-like energy readings to save us time. Scans should be almost complete if you want to feast your eyes on the screen on the north wall. If my scanners locate it, we can head straight to the office and report it. That's right. We shouldn't have to deal with dimensional portals. We should be on vacation. The scanners found it. But shouldn't we just go close it? Time is of the essence. And as my mother always used to say, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Our job is to slay monsters, and we already had to put in overtime. Could we even close a portal on our own? I haven't had to think about portals since undergrad. We all learned the basics before we specialized in slaying. Closing portals is not our job. We just tell the agency where it is and let them... Hang on now. How many dings was that? At least four. Well, hell. Also, I reckon Crow's smart enough to pick me out of all the other morning joggers and with beaks sharp enough to kamikaze Ethel in the leg are not regular crows, but from one of those portals. I reckon, I reckon so. so. I feel like a long-tailed dog in a room full of rocking chairs. Here's my question. Where is the team who's supposed to close portals? Seriously? Whose incompetence is getting between me and my resort? I don't want to get involved in interdepartmental fighting. Of course not. But in the meantime, either this portal closing team is incompetent or negligent. All I know is they start when we do, after sawing when the portals get opened. Do you think they finished and now that they're on vacation... Somebody figured out how to open portals after Sawin? I'm not sure which scenario I like less. Why don't we ever work with the team that closes portals? Shouldn't we collaborate with them more anyway? The agency is so very siloed. 
You don't really want to get into administrative squabbles, do you? Hell no. That's why we all got jobs in the field and not in the office. No need to break the silos. Give me two minutes in any office console and I should be able to find out something. We go into the office, report the portals, dig for what we can, just in case, but most importantly, demand our leave. I've never seen you so eager to go into the office, Ethel. Maybe she just wants to stop by and see Chesterton. Ha ha, Edith, now shut your egg hole. Do we have a plan? We do indeed. Let's go, sleigh bales. To the Maserati. Murder of crows at two o'clock. I see him. A remarkably dense murder of crows headed straight for us. Incoming. I know. Damn crows are gonna ruin my paint job. You want me to open the skylight and pick off a few? I got a nice, quiet, subtle laser that ought to go pretty unnoticed. Much as I'd like to see him fried, it's probably better to just lose him. I trust your seatbelts are on. Whoa! HQ has a garage. If we can just scoot in there. There's no scooting past that security gate. Even with our badges, it takes a few minutes. On it! On what? You're going to radio them? No, I'm just going to override security. Sometimes I just hate y'all. Gosh, what the heck is going on? Front desk. What the heck is going on? Oh, I was hoping you could tell me what the heck is going on. No fire drill or anything? Check out down the security camera. Oh, yeah, the security cameras. Uh, pedestrian entrances look normal. Check the garage! The garage? Okay, yeah, I, I guess the gate is malfunctioning. Oh, is that a Maserati? Oh, of course it's them. I mean, who could steal the Maserati from the sleigh bells? No one, that's who. Hey, hey Chesterton! Oh, hey, sleigh bells. It's them, sir. You hold them and I get there. Say, sleigh bells, did you break through security? We didn't break anything, just a little bitty override. It apparently triggered an alarm. I'll have to be more subtle next time. Well played, security. Can you turn that off, Chesterton? Hi, Ethel. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I can. I always forget I actually can control a lot from the desk. Is that so? Alarms, cameras, the disguise vending machine, that one trap door by the bathrooms. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but can I see all your badges? Of course. Badges, sleigh bales. Okay. Thanks, Ruby. I hate to hold you up. Say, what are you doing here, anyway? You're not usually in from January to March. Don't remind us. Of course, we are happy to see you, though, aren't we, Ethel? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Say, Ethel, are those new daggers? They are indeed. Of course, shotguns are my first love, but these were my stocking stuffers at Christmas, and so far, I love them. So cool. Hey, we got a new dartboard in the break room. Is that so? Chesterton, we really need to move along. Oh, uh, wait, wait, uh, please. Why, Chesterton, are you trying to keep us here as a security measure? Uh, sorry, I just... And there I thought you just wanted to talk to Ethel. Do I ever? Oh boy, I said that out loud. Edith, I will get you for this. Oh boy, uh, I mean, I want to talk to all of you, I, I just... Sorry, the boss said... Well, if it isn't the very man we came to see. 
Ruth. Why, how are you not going? Visiting with you, and we should be visiting the beach. Now, isn't that just as silly as the Monday blues on Saturday night? You got an alarm. Of course we set off the alarm. We've got immediate dangers to the city to brief you on. You just come on the meeting. I must say that is not the hospitable welcome we expect from our place of business. <laughs> oh, look, it's the sleigh bell. Hello, Barb. Didn't know you were coming in today. There's pecan pie in the break room. Oh, yeah, it's real good. Thank, Thank you, Barb. Now, sir, if you'd prefer to stay out here in the lobby to hear about open-dimensional portals... Shh. No goodness me, why did I come out here? So happy to see you all, I forgot what I needed. Well, I'll be back, just see you later. Bye, Bye Bob. Barb. Bless her heart. Listen, you didn't approve our PTO. We're still on duty. Don't know why I need to remind you, we did a big extra job for you yesterday. You owe us. Hang on now, Ethel. We may be overwhelming the good manager. I'm not overwhelmed. Say, Chesterton, do you have visuals on the exterior? Sure do. You wouldn't happen to see an inordinate number of crows today, would you? You know, that's funny. There are a lot of crows around today. Sir, do you notice the bandages on Edith and Ethel's limbs? Should we discuss crows with beaks sharp enough to stab into human muscle? Uh, Shall we go to your office? Just me. Sir, the sleigh bales are a team. You know what? That'll be just fine. We don't mind. Maybe we'll go get a slice of pie. Oh, it's real good. Barb makes the best pie in the state. All right, then. Shall we? Back in a Missouri minute, sleigh bales. (laughs) Say, I've never heard of a Missouri minute. Was that some sort of code? Nice, Chesterton. Ruby's just telling us what the plan is. Yeah, the manager's acting weirder than a rodeo clown at a tea party, so if Ruby's not back in ten minutes, we go after her. Y'all want to go get some pie? I wish I could, but I really shouldn't leave the front desk unattended. I tell you what, you and Ethel go and get some pie. I'll watch the front. Chesterton, you want to play darts with me? Do I ever? You know I'm not going to let you win now. No, of course not. Uh, you don't mind, Edith? I don't mind at all. Bring me a slice when you come back. Oh, hang on. Let me just reset the security cameras to play a little video of me sitting at my desk on a loop. I didn't know you could hack, Chesterton. I'm impressed. Oh, well, I've picked up a few things over the years, and not being able to take a break when I need a real bitch for my bladder, you know? Well, you may have just lost the points you won, but never mind. Let's go play darts. Chesterton, don't forget to log out. Can't have me playing around at your console. Oh, right. You are logged out. Well, I'm ready as a raccoon who found the Arby's dumpster. Let's go. (laughs) All right, then. Barb will probably be back in approximately 45 seconds, so let's move, Edith. Apply a little dust for most used keystrokes. Brief glance at doodles and post-its. I'm gonna guess... Chesterton's security password is I-L-U-V-E-T-H-E-L. Welcome, Chesterton. Front desk security. Perfect. Let's check and see how Ruby's doing. Every year, every All Hallows' Eve, Sawin, and Day of the Dead, portals get opened. We accept this. It's good for dimensional boundaries to be tested once a year. It's the valve that lets the pressure steam out so things never boil over. And we love our jobs. We are happy to clean up every beastie that shows up. 
We do the high-profile stuff and interact with regular folks, so your covert teams can close the portals and keep the public blissfully uninformed of how it all works. But whoever you got closing portals is incompetent or negligent. It's not really a problem, really. The heck it's not. We never agreed to work overtime after the holidays. The new year has begun, and as far as we took care, the city was clean of supernatural forces. Now, who should have closed these portals? I can't tell you, Ruby. That's our Ruby, ever eloquent. All right, let's check on the break room. Nice, Chesterton, nice. Oh, I, I usually do better, but you make me a little nervous. You just gotta relax your elbow a little more. All right, let me see. HR, personnel database, covert teams. Portal closure, organized by geography. Thanks, that was helpful. Our district, okay. The supernatural seals. Oh, I get it, like seal in the portal, but also the navy. Or the polar mammal. Who knows? They haven't checked in since Christmas. Where are they? Okay, downloading profiles and logging out. You are logged out. Oh, hey, Barb. How you doing? Did you remember what you needed out here? I sure didn't, but never mind. I'm just fine, Edith. Thanks. Why don't you go into the break room? Oh, Ethel bring me a piece of pie after darts. Well, you know, I think she and Chesterton might be just getting a little carried away in there. Oh, my lands. What is happening? Ethel's making an outline of Chesterton's body on the wall with darts as a victory round. Don't be a baby, I didn't hit you. I know, I know, it's fine. Oh no, she's gonna scare him to death. I think maybe he's enjoying the danger just a little too much if you know what I mean. I'll watch the front desk for you so you can go get some pie and detach Chesterton's clothes from the wall. All right then, Ruby's still got three more minutes. Thanks, Barb. Ethel! <laughs> Moy, this desk is dusty. That Chesterton's such a slob. Oopsie daisy, what's that? Oh, silly bird smacking into the glass. What little dummies? <coughs> well, will you take a look at the exterior security cameras? So many little birdies. They're all over the building. I wonder if they're hungry. Poor little birdies. Look at that, just bonking their birdie little beaks against the glass. Are there not enough worms for you today? Well, maybe the crows want a slice of pie too. What will happen to Bob? Will Ruby succeed with the manager? Will the sleigh bells find the supernatural seals? Will there be any pie left? Tune in next time to find out on Sleigh Bells. In the fine tradition of weather people everywhere, look, a photo of outside, in case you were worried that outside wasn't a thing anymore. Good news, it is. It's still the thing that is happening. This is, um... Every town USA, apparently. Look, there's even a like a flag and an awning for some sort of food. And look, people are eating outside. Look at that. It must be summer. Moving on quickly. Uh, we wanted to update you on Superman, the fiendish machinations of Lex Luthor, that film made by Sam Locke and Cat Evans, whoever those people are, as well as Derek Gatekey, whoever that guy is. That movie was a finalist in the Beyond the Curve International Film Fest in Paris, France. And it's gotten into several more festivals as well. So congratulations to all of those friends of the show. 
that's uh, absolutely fabulous news, and we hope to hear even more good news about it as it progresses. We also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our Patreon backers, who are, uh, of course, as you probably know, uh, getting into this as part of their Patreon benefits. If you would like to see the show every month, you can go ahead and back us on Patreon too, and that gets you in every single time, or at very least, a discount. So uh, definitely head on over to patreon.com and look for Starlight Radio Dreams for more information about that. Very exciting. Uh, we also want to thank uh, the Fourth Presbyterian Church, who sent a few people. Luckily, as spoopy as the uh, episode has been, the circle of brass and salt in my basement seems to only have summoned deacons. Did you get it? The, the circle in the basement summons deacons. Moving on, the next piece is an exciting new pilot for a series that we are going to be featuring uh, from now on. Another exciting series added to the list. This one is called Meet the Frankensteins. Coming this spring to the Showtime Podcast Network. He's an unspeakable abomination sewn together from assorted corpses. And so is she, just with much tidier seams. They're finding their place in the big city, which means sooner or later, it'll be time for everyone to meet the Frankensteins. Ah! It's just me. <laughs> with the last box. Oh, phew, it's just another animated corpse. I was worried you might be a Midwesterner. There's probably a little Midwesterner in here somewhere. You do crave casserole in the fall. Baked potatoes and cheese are delicious. You've got me there. <laughs> Speaking of food, look! Barbecue from the place downstairs. The place downstairs? Hunchback Harry's Back Fat Cafe. <laughs> You've seen the sign. I know you can smell it through the window. Our landlord runs that restaurant, Theo. Did he see you? What? Look. I know we said we weren't going to hide who we are, but I may have left some things off of our rental paperwork. <gasps> Shelly. It wasn't exactly lying. It's not as though they have a checkbox on the form marked, are you now or have you ever been multiple corpses sewn together by a madman with a god complex and no respect for the boundaries of nature? <laughs> so how was my saying hello bad? I may have worn a big hat and sunglasses when I signed the paperwork. How is that not hiding who we are? We don't know this guy. We won't have a chance to find out if he'll be cool about it, and I really wanted this apartment. So now you're worried he'll see me and then run off to pitchforks and torches are us. Say that again, but make it sound less plausible. That was different. Those people were after Dad. Because of us, Theo. There's nothing wrong with us. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Then hold this candle while I light it. That's what I thought. There's nothing wrong with being who we are, but there's still plenty of things wrong with us. I am scared of fire. I have this carnal hunger. My knees don't bend very well. We may or may not be immortal, and there's literally no way to know. Still, Shelly, you can't freak out every time we meet new people. Sorry. I thought you'd make it more than a couple hours before risking our lives for the sake of lunch. I didn't. He heard me coming up the stairs. And? He came out to say hi. And? There wasn't anything I could do about it. Did he say anything? 
Welcome to the building, let him know if we needed anything, and here was some food someone didn't pick up if we wanted it. Nothing about your unique looks? Maybe he didn't notice. Theo, you have a seam across your forehead and bolts on your neck. <laughs> I know we haven't been alive for very long, but have you ever seen a human who is held together with cat gut? I don't know, Shelly. He didn't say anything, and now I have half a smoked chicken, two pounds of brisket, and some beans. So do you want to eat or not? Yes, fine. I've been craving it since we got here. Uh, how's unpacking the kitchen going? Oh... We may have some trouble. Trouble? The kitchen cabinets aren't level. Look what happens when I put a bowl on the shelf. Hey, that was my bowl. You get attached too easily. Dad gave me that bowl. Just see if you can fix the cabinet. I don't want to call the landlord. He was really nice. We got lucky once already. Let's not stretch our luck. I'll take a look. <clears throat> This brisket does smell amazing. I am starving. Uh, did the landlord say anything about these cabinets? Look, I had very specific standards for this place and we got lucky to find it. So I didn't ask a lot of questions. What makes this place special? There's only one other apartment in this building. So there aren't a lot of people we need to worry about convincing to be cool about us. Was that the only standard you had? It was also really cheap. <laughs> That's probably why the cabinets are like this. Like what? Well, I'm in no position to judge, but these were made with a bunch of scraps. Do you think it's fixable? Uh, more than my bowl, for sure. Uh, slide that toolbox over. Speaking of money, now that we're living in a city, we're going to need it more often. Well, we have Dad's money. That's true. I need to get it converted from gold. <laughs> but... Maybe we have enough to survive comfortably for a year or so. I guess we've got everything all figured out. Does this feel wrong to you? No, I'm fine and I know what I'm doing. Theo, not the cabinets. This, we're comfortable. It feels too easy. We did have to escape the mob. Mob means something else in the city. We escaped the crowd of people who killed our father and burned down our home. I liked having a word for that. You'll get used to it. I guess we'll have to get used to a lot of things. Like not keeping things in this cabinet. <clears throat> you can't fix it? Turns out none of my brains belong to carpenters. What were you doing down there? No idea. But look, this thing makes noise. <laughs> Theo, we were driven from our homeland to the ends of the earth. We crossed the frozen wastes to escape the sight of man, and while the snow was pretty, there wasn't anything for us there. We went home to find the house destroyed and nothing left but the key for Dad's bank vault. And that bowl. <laughs> so, what are we to one another? You're my sister. We share the same creator, that's true, but we do not share blood, nor did he raise us in any real way. My wife. We do cohabitate, share expenses, and are each other's primary support. We haven't made any oaths in any ceremony. Friend? Maybe. 
doesn't this brisket smell good? Don't change the subject! I don't know, Shelly. I'm not a philosopher. All I know right now is that I'm hungry. Me too. And now that we're not running for our unlives, there's something I've been thinking about. Am I supposed to guess? We are creatures of the body, Theo. Many bodies stuck together. <laughs> right. The point is, I think we should explore everything our bodies can do. Like parkour? Theo. No, I get it, and I think you're right. We're all we have in the world, and I desire it too. In a way, we were made for each other. In a very unromantic sense, yes. <laughs> Romance may not be for us. Of course it isn't. We are accursed beings beyond death, never knowing where we belong and cast aside by our creator. Hold on. The world has no place for us. There are no words for what we are, and we have no society, no peers. Everything is unknown, save for our never-ending hungers and the needs of the flesh. Shelly! What? No one here is normal either. So, what does that make us? Relatable, probably. Aww. What will come of two monsters living together in the big city? Will they find acceptance and quiet the voices that tell them they don't belong? Will they figure out who they are? Will they be able to resist eating barbecue every day? Find out in Meet the Frankensteins. Oh, I hope you enjoyed that piece. I know I sure did. Sitcoms! Am I right? They're a thing again, and they're not all bad. What a time to be alive. Now, getting back to the topic at hand, you know what else I don't love about meteorologists? They never talk about meteors. If the eastern seaboard might not be there tomorrow, even if the chances are slim, I feel like that should take precedence over the possibility of rain, provided you've guessed correctly in the first place. So here I am in the basement, because Willard Scott had a feeling there's a tornado coming. Why is my basement so spooky, you might ask? Well, Shirley insists it's inappropriate to have a non-spooky basement. So here we are, literally. Now, I know that that light is carefully placed to shine in just like that, but it still gives me the goose pimples all over every time. And it's not likely to get any less goose pimply in here, because our next piece has a pretty... telegraphing name. This one's called... The Spoopening. The old candy factory site stood, abandoned, gathering dust and rumors for years. Until Jimmy and Stacy bought it, full of entrepreneurial dreams. Well, all the papers are signed. Congratulations! Yeah, seriously. This is a serious win for us. We are going to dominate this town. Jimmy and I are going to build a kayak and canoe showroom. I worked as a kayak instructor for... She's the enthusiast. I'm going to turn her little hobby into a gold mine for us. Well, that's just great. Here's a bottle of champagne for you to celebrate. Oh, wow, thanks. I can't believe we got this place for such a low price. Yeah, well, it's a win for me, too. I'll be very happy to never have to show this place again. I guess it is a little creepy. All those cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> is 
someone else here? Definitely not. Well, I better be going. <laughs> Don't you want some champagne? Oh no, you kids enjoy. I am out of here. Well, more for us. Congrats, sis. Is it true the old candy factory had a plant gas leak and everybody died? Can't have burned down if it's still here, can it? And everything else is just rumors. What's important is that no one snapped up this perfect site until now, and it's going to be our dream. I'm gonna sell so many canoes. It certainly was cheap. Why do you suppose nobody wanted it for so long? Nobody has my vision or my excellent ability to assess a situation. You don't suppose it's because Everybody in the candy factory died tragically and people are scared of the place? If it is, that's even more reason to move in and take advantage of other people's stupidity. Let's get to work. Hey, these aren't cobwebs. They're cotton candy. Well, don't eat it. It's probably expired. <laughs> it's nice when you appreciate my jokes. Jimmy, that wasn't me. Stacy and Jimmy's dream of the canoe and kayak showroom keeps being delayed as contractor after contractor quits after workplace accidents. I think something weird and creepy is going on. People say weird things when they're in pain. He was screaming about bonbons and marshmallow fluff as his shin bone protruded from his leg. Don't worry, he's gonna get fixed up. That's what insurance is for. But why do these accidents keep happening? We just need to get contractors that are more OSHA compliant. <laughs> what was that? It's nothing. It's clearly laughter, and there's no one else here. What do you think, it's ghosts? Yeah, maybe. Well, if they are, they clearly appreciate a good OSHA joke, so they're fine by me. Or maybe they're laughing at how dumb you are ignoring all the clear signs that this place is haunted. <laughs> there, there it is. Uh, it's nothing. Look, there's more of the cotton candy again. This place is haunted. <laughs> what is it? What do you want? Don't you know? We're at war! <laughs> Listen, if it's ghosts, fear is their weapon, and it's clearly working on you, Stacy. Oh, my dear boy, I have so many weapons. <laughs> Jimmy, the canoes are launching into the air! What? What the heck? Jimmy, look out! <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? We are at war, and I want to win! The following year, new real estate developers came into town to look for a quick way to build condos. And look, if it isn't the old real estate agent leading them into the old candy factory site. Thanks for meeting me here. I usually drive my clients around, but I have so many appointments today, I may just have to dash out. You always wear running shoes when you do a showing? Yep, yep. Heels are stupid. Can't run in heels. Okay, well, the structure looks good. Awful lot of cobwebs. We'll have to do some power washing before the inspection, but from the looks of it, uh, we can repurpose this, do a rehab. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What was that? Nothing, nothing. 
You know, maybe we should discuss the construction details outside. Ah, uh, don't tell me you're scared of the ghosts because people died here. <laughs> <laughs> Say, is it getting warm in here? That's it, I'm out. Check in! Hey, what the heck? Did that cobweb just move? Is it pink? What kind of trick is this? It's a trick of war! Ah! It's tying me up! Let me go! Let me... Ah! <laughs> hey! Cut it out! Yeah! That's enough of your fun and games, mister! Huh? Where the hell did you come from? Nice choice of words, because, yeah, we just arrived! From hell! You... Gotta work on your delivery, bro. What are you two doing back in my factory? It's gonna be my condos! Shut up, you! Shut up, you! I murdered you two! Yeah, on this site, which means we haunt it too now, you ass! Eat canoes again, you conniving cretins! Look out for the canoes, sis! Ha! Huh, the canoes went right through us! Well, we're ghosts now. But I do want to give credit where it's due. That was a good line, ghost. By the way, do you have a name? Oh, you can call me Gary. Listen, when you've been haunting as long as I have, you have a lot of time on your hands. Jimmy, focus. Eat my fist, ghost dude. Uh, Gary? What the hell? You punched me. Yeah, turns out if you're both ghosts, punches still count. Oh! Uh, could somebody untie me? It's cotton candy. Eat your way out. Ectoplasm cotton candy. If anyone eats it, it'll be like Hansel and Gretel plus alien. Oh shit, that's a cool trap weapon. Like I said, lots of time to come up with this stuff. Hey, since we're new at this, maybe you could mentor us. Jimmy, aren't we at war? I mean, we're on a first name basis now. Maybe we just killed this guy. Hey! And work on our ghosty motor powers. You know, that might not be so bad. So, I guess I'll stop punching you? Oh no, please keep punching him! You're right. <laughs> and again! And again! And again! <laughs> Jimmy, why? You said it, we're at war. Duh. <laughs> That's so weird. Sounds like he weighed a ton. Hey, did you hear that? No, he fell totally silently. Okay, so he was heavy in ghost pounds. Did you see him flicker and disappear? I did see that, yeah. Wow, what are the rules here? Sucker! Ha! Did you see how he fell for my ruse, Stacy? Yeah, he sure did. I kind of did, too. See, I'm the top businessman around here, and nobody ruins my business. That's... A slightly better line? Thanks. But I was kind of looking forward to being mentored. Now to deal with this douchebag. Wait, why? No, let me go! Nope. We are not at war! I didn't do anything! You were gonna buy our canoe showroom and turn it into condos. Yeah, well, that seems fine. We're dead. We are in the stop people who try and enjoy our murder site business now. We murder them. But if you murder him, can't he just come back and murder us? Oh, we'll be ready for him. This is a bad idea. No, please! No, Jimmy, stop! This is war, Stacy. No mercy. Jimmy, I'm not going to let you do that. 
you stabbed me. I did. Where did you get a knife? Not sure. There is a lot about being a ghost I do not get yet. I'm bleeding. How can I be bleeding? Don't know, but just to be sure, I'm going to stab you a bunch more. (laughs) Sorry about that, brother. Although, you were always kind of a jerk. That actually felt pretty good. So maybe I'm not sorry. Oh man, my ghost morals are whacked! Thank you. You're welcome, I guess. I guess saving you was good. That makes me feel better. Can you let me go now? I guess. Except, now my brother is gone and I don't know where. Where do you go when you get murdered after being a ghost? I don't know, but I'd really like to go now. Yeah, but without Gary here, I don't know what to do. And I'm not just waiting around here to kill potential buyers of this traumatized space. Good? Hmm. Maybe we need to form a partnership, buddy. Do you like kayaks? Oh, no. Tune in next week to The Spoopening. <laughs> I, I, too, enjoyed the amount of a 2 going on. What a delightful story. Uh, and by delightful, I mean kind of, um, kind of traumatic and uh and distressing but at the same time charming and delightful they threw canoes how whimsical ah i hope you enjoyed that one as much as i did because i sure do love a canoe joke send me your canoe jokes you can tweet them at the show and someone will print them off and send them to me because that's how i receive tweets now uh, unfortunately, everyone, that was our last piece for the evening, and oh, yes, I'm imagining everyone going, oh, no, the show has ended. Uh, but worry not. We have another show coming up very soon, and we are very excited to be producing even more content and looking for new writers. So it's going to be chalk a block for the next few months, and we're very excited to be producing continued content for you even though we can't be in the same room anymore. So, as Burlington Showtime, on behalf of the entire team here at Starlight Radio Dreams, good night to everyone from coast to coast and all the ships at sea. Keep laughing and keep dreaming. Thank you for joining us for Starlight Radio Dreams, Pandiversary. Written, directed, and performed by Kat Evans, Jared McDerris, and Ansel Birch. Featuring the vocal talents of Julia Kessler and Kim Fukawa. The Starlight Radio Dreams theme was written and performed by Arnie Parrott. Special thanks to Shure Incorporated for their generous support. We'll see you Friday, April 30th, for the April Showers Power Hour. Plant your seeds now, because we'll be offering words of encouragement all too soon. Until then, keep laughing and keep dreaming.